afternoon, everybody, and uh, welcome in. Dennis Fithian. Podcast number four, the NFL Draft First Round has just concluded, and I have Dan Leach on the other end of the line. And, uh, Dan, we've been waiting a heck of a long time for this draft, and it happened, and we want to get your impressions. Uh, What's the first thing that jumps out to you? Well, I mean, obviously we'll get to the line in a second, but the first thing was how we're in this just obviously weird world right now, and I have no problem with it. I mean, I'm grateful that people are staying safe and that uh, we're going to get through this obviously together. The whole in this together thing is so, so true. But uh, just to see a draft on digitally, Roger in basement, people in RVs, Joe Burrow's uh, parents' curtains being made fun of was, was really interesting to me. Uh, but it was something that obviously brought everyone together. Kind of really one of the, 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 the only and first big live sporting events we've had since this whole pandemic kind of took grasp of the world. So it was nice to know in a communal way, NFL fans, sports fans, we were all together. Uh, but when it comes to the lines, Dennis, you have talked about this many times. We talked about it live uh, during the, uh, the our, our show earlier on the draft night, uh, breaking it down as the things happened, that the Lions needed to win this draft for themselves. I mean, not overall necessarily, yeah, as far as every team, but they had to do something to make you feel great. Is Jeffrey Okuda, the quarterback, Ohio State, fantastic. Absolutely. Is that a good pick for the Lions based on what they need? Sure. But does it make you feel great with the Dolphins lurking, the Chargers lurking, Tua, Herbert right there, trying to trade, trying to move down, and Bob Quinn takes the safe, smart, solid pick in Okuda, but could have gotten more picks and still gotten Okuda? It's, I just I ask you this. Can the Lions, other than Barry Sanders, maybe Calvin and Matt Stafford, can they ever just wow you? Can you ever just say, wow, the Lions, I can't believe it. They actually might have won this first round or won this draft. That's what I wanted. I'm not going to kill the pick, but I don't feel great about all the possibilities. And they stay at three and they take Okuda. Yeah, even if you like Jeff Okuda as a player, it still feels like a little bit of an L because of the chance to move back a couple picks and pick up uh, whether it was uh, another second rounder or even a third rounder before we were talking about the possibility of a first rounder. And, you know, earlier in the day, you hear the reports. Dan Granziano says, yeah, the Lions have been talking with the Dolphins. They talked with the Chargers. They talked with the Jaguars. And then for them to just stay put at three, you know, that that doesn't feel great. You know, uh, right Pretty quickly after that, Adam Schefter came out with his tweet saying, well, there was nobody offering anything, so the Lions couldn't move right. back. So you, you're armed with all of that uh, information. So the, what do you make of it after you hear uh, what Schefter had to say, that there was nobody offering anything to move up? Yeah, listen, you know, it, it, I know this is going to You know that I was, I'm actually, I don't want to say it like I love the guy or anything, but I was a big kind of Bob Quinn all-in guy. Early on, I thought Glasgow and Kenny Galladay and some others were really solid picks. Uh, even last year was Will Harris and Laurier after Hawk and Tavai. And I, I, this is my instant reaction, Dennis. Even though it seems like there were no offers, I still feel like Bob Quinn screwed it up. Because if there's no offers, you can't necessarily make a team want somebody. But find a way. Find a way to throw out smoke screens or you know, offer whatever else you need to offer up to make the deal happen. So first, and I tweeted this out earlier, uh, you know, uh, during the draft night, that somehow it seems like Bob Quinn screwed this up and 
And that's kind of where I'm at right now with that. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's unfair, Dennis, but that's how I feel. No, I don't think that's unfair. I think when you're you're picking that high, you feel like, and you know, I would go back uh, all the way to when you know Martha Ford, Team Martha, they put out their their uh, season ticket holder uh, message when they when they when they sent out that that letter that said that you know these guys had to you know be in playoff contention. And if if you recall right. the conversation around that, it's like. Well, you don't want to do that because then you're you're putting your coaches in a bad spot when it comes to any leverage, when it comes to dealing, when it comes to the draft and what they might do. Uh, there was a lot of people that looked at the Lions, and the first thing they said when it came down to picking a quarterback and say, why would uh, a GM and a coach that have been put on the hot seat by the owner think about drafting a guy that wasn't going to help immediately next year? They wouldn't do it. So I, I think there's part of that. I think the other part, the biggest thing was it, it was the pandemic, and it was Tua, and it was not being able to get your hands on him, and not everybody being able to see his workout and feeling like there were going to be a lot of other teams. You, you always had to have some some teams bidding, and you had to have some teams excited about him. And I don't know how many teams, half of them, three-fourths of them, that would even think about moving up were like, we can't take a guy and, and, and right. you know give up draft capital for somebody we don't even know about his, his status uh, as a player. So I think all of those things, uh, you know, came into play. But to your point, you know, you, you, you have to try to, uh, you know, create some, some leverage and, and push a little bit harder. Like what were those conversations? Like if we're just going to say, well, Adam Schefter said nobody was uh, offering anything. Well, what were they doing? Yeah. Were the lions yeah. reaching out to the chargers and saying, Hey, anything going on? It was Tom Telesco saying, <laughs> no, no, nothing's going on here. We're, we're good. We're just planning on staying. How, how's the fam? You know, what, what were they talking about? <laughs> that's, that's the point. Dennis. That's a great point. It's just like, you know, you've got three with such, in advantageous position, and to to you know to not be able to get anything done, and in a way, kind of gift wrap, uh, you know, two out of the Dolphins at five, and Herbert to the the Chargers at six. It just seems wrong to me. And, and let me just be honest. I mean, to go back to Okuda, he's a great player. He's elite. The five quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round or the top five in the last twenty years, Ramsey, uh, you know. Garrett Newman, uh, there's, you know, there's been, they've been all really good. Uh, they've been drafted in the top five in the last 20 years. Uh, Denzel Ward a couple years ago. So, Patrick Peters is the other one. You're not making a terrible pick there. It wasn't like Hawkinson or trading up for Dubai. What it was, though, it leaves you wanting more because you could have gotten more. And that's why I've lost a lot of faith in Bob Quinn. He better get the job done this year, that's for sure. As far as his team better be a playoff team, not just a tender. Because if it isn't, and they're four and twelve again, or five and eleven, he's gone. He should be gone. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Dan, it's not just like uh, we all framed it like, look, you know, the Dolphins got uh, two second round picks, and we know they had three first round picks. You know, we were, uh, you know, talking about if there was a, a chance at a bidding war. But what matched up almost perfectly with the points when it came down to to trading down was getting that Dolphins uh, second round pick. And after we see the first round, Edwards Alaire was the only running back taken uh, last yep. by Kansas City. So what you're really saying is, yeah, you like Okuda, but man, if you'd have moved back to five, we're sitting around talking about Friday's second round where the Lions could be talking about, hey, defensive tackle, offensive guard, and oh yeah, 
Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Yeah. Dobbins. I mean, uh, if you can say, "Hey, we got Okuda and J.K. Dobbins," then you know you're 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 looking at Bob Quinn and you're saying, "Hey, man, you 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 did the best that you could possibly do there." It's just that's the where I'm walking away. I don't. It doesn't feel like, regardless of what Schefter said, regardless of what anybody's saying, that the Lions uh, that Bob Quinn didn't do the best that he could in the position that he was in. Yeah, you know what kills me? You, you made so many great points there, whether it's, you know, getting a Taylor Thomas, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the home and through running back, whether it's getting, uh, you know, a Zach Moss later or getting a J.K. Dobbins, whatever it ends up being. The player, we talked about this earlier on uh, draft night, Chase the D from LSU that went 20 to the Jaguars. The Jaguars were rumored in, in trade talks of the Lions. You look at a guy like that. You look at someone that went a little earlier in the first round, uh, who I loved, in, and you liked him too, in Kinlaw, the DP from South Carolina. If you trade down, you had so many options to get guys like that, build a defense, still get Okuda. That's why it feels like Lions fans were robbed. That's why it's such a frustrating thing. So I'm not going to kill Bob Quinn on what he did, but I'm not going to I'm not going to give him an A. I think the pick itself is a B plus. I think situationally, it's a B minus. And when you have the third overall pick. You need to have an A. And maybe I'm being unfair, but you know me on a lion's slap, rainbows and sunshine. I'm always as positive as positive can be. As much as I love Okuda, you know, the Buckeye, I don't feel great about what the Lions did. I mean, the pick itself isn't the problem. It's the situation, what they could have done. It's like, Dennis, if you leave cards on the table in poker, if you leave points on the field in, ba- in football or points on the court in basketball, the Lions, to me, the points on the field, that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, we could probably sit here for the next five minutes and come up with different analogies. If you're going into uh, buy a car and out front, you know, they've got a trailer that's hooked up to it, and they're saying, yeah, you get the car and the trailer, come on in, and for weeks it's up there, and then you go in to get the car, and you're like, oh, yeah, the trailer's gone. You come home, the wife's like, where's the trailer? You're like, well, that's gone. We just got the car, and all the car's really nice. You're like, yeah, right. we were on the trailer there, though, too. So there's a, there's a lot of those sort of things that you just think about where you just wanted so much more. Like, it's not it's not about Okuda. Okuda's a fine player. He's a tackler. Uh, there is the part that, you know, the, the Lions had Slay, and, you know, they swapped them out here for Okuda. And, you know, it gets back to, you know, that part when you're thinking about Bob Quinn. It's just, it's just one of those things, man. You, you felt like, uh, yeah, you liked the player, but you could have had more. Yeah, you could have had more, and, and, and like you made you made a great point, and, and really kind of encapsulated it the best way you possibly could when it came to having the chance to trade down, get that you know look at a defensive lineman or running back in the second round, have the ability to take an offensive lineman, and, and kind of keep building on on both sides of the trenches. That's that's what really kills me because you look at some of these teams like the Dolphins that had tons of different picks, or you know a team like the Raiders is able to get a great solid corner to the other corners while staying there that uh and also you know maybe stun some i said with you earlier uh draft night henry ruggs is gonna be the first running back he wants or wide receiver he wants so you look at teams like that look at the packers finding a way to get the future for aaron Rodgers in jordan love and, and still also get some value um you know later on in their draft i i just feel like there was a lot of things the lions could have done and they didn't find a way to get it done Hey, you know what, Dan? Uh, when the Lions play at Ford Field, if they play next year, I got tickets to that first game. I've got free parking. I've got front row seats. 
And <laughs> my brother has got a suite, so we'll be able to go down to the first round, a row, and then we'll be able to go up and, and hang out in the suite. But then when game day comes, uh, guess what? We'll get the free parking. And we'll get uh, we'll get those seats in the front, but you know what? We can't get up and get into that suite for all the free food. So it's just one of those things, man. You're thinking, man, we got it all. No, we're just getting some of it, and it's you know you you left with a little bit of a of a of an empty feel. You know, there's so much anticipation for it. They're picked so high and everything after a disappointing season. It's uh, our Super Bowl. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Well, you know, right. the, the the Super Bowl, I, I don't think it was a 28 to 3 lead or anything like that. All right, I'm I'm done with the uh with the analogies here. All right, what about the rest of the what about the rest of the draft? Anything else uh, or well, I'm sure there's a lot of things that jumped out. You know, to me, I, I, the uh the lead story of course will be what the Green Bay Packers did. I mean, here's right. here's the Packers. They've got Aaron Rodgers, and instead of uh, of getting him some help, they go over there, and it's very similar with in age and where the pick was when uh, when Brett Favre was playing, and they picked Aaron Rodgers, but this time they picked Jordan Love. So I I think that is going to be beat into the ground and talked about. But it it is the the lead when you get to quarterbacks, you get to an MVP, you get to a a Super Bowl winner. And then uh, I already see I've seen the meme where you know he's standing there looking at his uh, his, his iPad or whatever it is GoPro and he's he throws it you know <laughs> to the ground. That's like uh, you know I, I know that uh, a lot of Packer fans are feeling like that. Yeah, I think that maybe uh, Rogers is feeling those loving footsteps, if you will. But obviously he's not going anywhere now. But obviously McCarthy's gone and Lafleur's in, and maybe Rogers becomes a late career Tom Brady and goes somewhere else, and Jordan Love becomes Lamar Jackson or. You know, the home for the next couple of years, not comparing him to those quarterbacks and saying that kind of a player that's the plan for the long time veteran. I think Rodgers probably does finish his career somewhere else. It's kind of the way things are going today in, uh, in, in the NFL. But I'll tell you the things that stood out to me. Obviously, Burrow going one, no surprise. But I think the Bengals have a ridiculous and solid quarterback in the future. That's a game changer. I think you look at the, the state getting tremendous value at 24 with Wolverine that we obviously know very well. He's a Ruiz. I think he's going to be a stalwart center, at least for the next couple years for Drew Brees and for a long time in New Orleans. I thought uh, that the Cowboys getting C.D. Lamb at 17 was an absolute steal. I think you can't go wrong with Judy, Ruggs, or C.D. Lamb. I think all three of them are going to be fantastic. And I think the Raiders, they got their guy in the Steve Demon Ruggs the third. They brought uh, Rieger, Jeff Rieger's brother, our friend. His Broncos got Jerry Judy, who might be the best of all of them. He's, I talked to him earlier. He's fired up. And uh, I think that the, all three teams that needed wide receivers did very well, Raiders, Broncos, and uh, Cowboys. And then I think the Cardinals. You look at a guy the Lions wanted, and obviously I wanted for the Lions too. Isaiah Simmons, maybe the best athlete in the draft, Dennis. And they get him a number eight. He could have gone five. could have gone three. could have gone seven. They get him a number eight. That's a solid pick for Arizona, that burgeoning team. Uh, obviously with Kingsbury, Murray, and, and a defense that's actually growing and getting better. Yeah, and they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Not too bad. Uh, six wide receivers go in the first round, six corners as well. Just the one running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire there at 32. Yep. But you mentioned the Cardinals. The one thing, uh, you know, you say, hey, who, who won the draft or, you know, just by looking at the pictures or who had the best setup. You know, there was a picture of, of Cliff Kingsbury, the, the Cardinals coach, 
And he is uh, set up in his uh, look. I mean, these guys all uh, you know have pretty nice setups. But uh, did you see the 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 Kingsbury setup? Oh yeah. I mean, listen, there was some. His was was wacky. Uh, obviously, um, Jerry Jones' spaceship was pretty crazy. I mean, it was it was nuts to see all these guys fancy homes, some moderate, you know, modest homes. Yeah, Kingsbury pretty crazy. Well, I, you know, I saw a side by side of the uh, the Bengals coach Zach, Zach Taylor. Right, he's he's sitting like by this little desk with just this thing behind him. I mean, and then they have Kingsbury who's stretched out. You can see his his, his pool of the palm trees in the back, and it's like you know, beautiful setup. And it's like, uh, yeah, there you go. It's kind of a contrast yeah. there when it just did came you, down way, to did it. You see, did you did you see starting rough? Did you see Brable with his kids? wearing wacky outfits and mustaches and the hell is that all about? Yeah. You know, they cut away from that pretty quick. Well, when I was watching there, you know, the whole thing they did have, was like, wait a second. Uh, I, you know what? For the most part, uh, I watched it uh, on ESPN and, you know, they did a good job, but you knew there was going to be sometimes uh, like, you know, they've got six panelists there and, and Trey Wingo leaves a question out and just like, nobody like either hears it or they, they, right. they really don't. It was a little, you know, it's a little awkward. And the one spot, you know, Trey Wingo was setting up like, hey, we have a very special message, you know, because of the times and everything. And and he's getting ready to throw to kind of some special package or something. And then he's like, well, no, we don't have a special message. but So let's get back to the draft. But, you know, that, that those are the things that you have to work with when it comes down to that. As expected, we saw, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the coaches and the GMs, you know, had their kids. And, and you know, they would come and, and stand around. Bob Quinn, you know, had his two kids behind him. And uh, I did see a, a few dogs in there running around. Yeah. And I did see CeeDee Lamb. He had two phones, and I don't know if it was his girlfriend or whoever was right next to him. Like, she grabbed one of his phones, and he got pretty quick. He's like, nope, snatched that phone away from her. But, uh, you know, n- nothing crazy with, uh, you know, any dogs running in and, you know, jumping up on the computer or anything else. And it, it didn't look like there was any snafus when it actually came down to the picks. I mean, they, uh, they all went off with, uh, it didn't seem like, uh, with any issues that way. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought we weren't going to have anything necessarily crazy, but it went off pretty, like you said, it went off for all the, I, I mentioned this earlier in the night, 123 cameras, all the microphones and all the support systems, AT&T and Cisco and all these different companies that were doing that for, for having all 32 teams remote for having all those, you know, 60 to 70 prospects that had, or more than that, that had to have, you know, cameras and stuff in their house. It was pretty impressive. I mean, listen, the NFL's got a ton of money down it. So we know that they've got the best equipment, the best tech, technicians, all that stuff. But with all the possibility of things going bad, I'd have to say the NFL's got to get an A for the job here tonight. <laughs> NFL, ESPN, NFL Network, they've got to all get A's for making that all happen with all the crazy possibilities that could have happened, including, like, I don't know, porn bombing the zoo. Like, there was no hacking. There was no issues. It was really good. Yeah, well, just looking to the uh, the second round there, there's some real eye candy when you talk about the backs and, and Swift and Dobbins, and uh, there's still some some awesome wide receivers. You know, you start with, uh, with T. Higgins, and I know a guy that you liked early on in the process, A.J. Epinesa, he's still on the board. Another yeah, Big Ten probably. defensive end. You're looking for a pass rusher. Uh, YGM, Yatirikro uh, Smatos is there as well. And uh, Zach Bond, who gets talked about an awful lot. Seems like he would fit in for the Lions. But, you know, these defensive tackles, Russ Blacklock from TCU, 
There's a big kid from Texas A&M, the one that uh, I think that if I had to pick for the Lions here, I think uh, Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, played up in um, up in Canada, or Ross Blacklock. I think that's the direction. That's yeah. not necessarily uh, sexy uh, talking about defensive tackles. Uh, those defensive tackles or either of those guys from the Big Ten that I just mentioned there before they went to any eye candy or anything. Yeah, by the way, before I get to what I was thinking about from the line in the second round, there's definitely a possibility it could be a running back, which I know some might be happy about. I was just looking at a couple different draft grades. I know CBS Sports' Pete Frisco, who does a pretty good job. He gave the lines a B. I've seen some B minuses. I've seen some B pluses. I've yet to see any A's. And obviously, draft mix and mock draft people are they're a dime a dozen, but there are certain that I respect more than others. I'll be interested, Dennis, to see across the board. What the Lions' consensus grade is for taking the right guy in the wrong place. So I think it's probably going to be around a B. I mean, you can't get mad at taking Okuda, but the Bengals and Redskins are getting A's. The Lions are getting B's. And at number three, the Lions need to get an A. You know, and they did it. So that's frustrating. But I'll tell you this when it comes to the next round for the Lions, and I mentioned this to you before, I think you look at obviously you have to be. In a, in a position of value. You can't like you can't reach for a running back if you don't think that's the right thing to do because there's so many options there. You mentioned my guy, A.J. Epinesa, who I love the edge from Iowa. But I think when you look at what the Lions could do, they could take a running back. I mean, if they really are in love with Jonathan Taylor, if they really are in love with J.K. Dobbins, I would not kill them for doing that. And then one other guy that I've seen is Zach Braun, the linebacker, who, you know, you need as much linebacker help as you can. Savai's obviously young. You, you've lost a lot of your, you know, talent. Jared Davis hasn't done anything. So I think you look at the second pick and the second day, the second answer around, and bolstering the linebacking core, possibly a running back, but continuing to look at that defensive line, which needs as much help as they can get. That's where a guy like A.J. Vanessa could really come into fruition. Yep, I'm with you there. You know, and you mentioned all those uh, those draft gurus and and some of the you know the Prisco and things that I can tell you as much as they get criticized about. Oh, hey, another mock draft, and I heard people say, you know, mock drafts, these scouts and anything, they don't really pay attention, or these GMs. Well, well, you should like this thing almost yeah. went like uh, right down almost exactly. It, it wasn't like as the picks were coming off. I mean, there might have been a surprise of some corner late, but most of the guys that went. You have a hard time sometimes picking the team or what players uh, are being ranked out when it came down to the tackles or the wide receivers. But for the most part, man, from Daniel Jerry Murray to Pro Football Focus to Walter Camp, your guys to the guys at ESPN, man, they uh, they did a pretty good job, man. They they nailed it. How did your uh, mock draft end up holding up? You know, it wasn't. I was looking at it, you know, while we were talking over the last few minutes. It was. I started off pretty well. I had two going. To the Dolphins at five or three in the Lions trading with them. But yeah. later on in the draft, I wasn't far off on Simmons. I had him actually going to Arizona. Uh, I had Derek Brown going to Carolina. I was close with Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Jackson, Ruggs, uh, Jefferson, Chase on Jefferson. So I, I'll get my score. They do this thing on mock draft database. And I know last year, I'll, I'll say this just completely with humility. You know, I love to have fun, but I'm, I'm a little guy in, in, in the long run. Uh, last year, and then if you and I cover the NFL like a glove, but I'm not a draft expert. I'm not a guy that does this for a living as far as, you know, mock drafts. They, they put me up there with guys like Pete Prisco. I had a better score than him. 
with guys uh, like Walter Football. I was not far off from them. So my mock draft last year actually was pretty good. I was in the top 20th percentile. This year, we'll have to see. Uh, I, I might not be as good as I was last year, but not too bad. I mean, it's not easy to do. It takes a long time. you got to do a lot of studying. I know you love to do that as well, but uh, it's fun. And I'd like to see how close I am to these so-called experts that literally do this year-round over and over again. So it's always fun to see I stack up against those guys. Well, I know as you and I were talking before the draft, uh, I've talked about seeing what kind of odds I could get on uh, Edward Zalarabi in the first back off the yeah. board. And that would have been uh, – uh, you can say it, which is fine, but until you go to the window, which I didn't, you know, it's like, okay, hey, you probably said like 20 things. But, no, that was one of them uh, that I did Dennis, say. Dennis, that I was one of them. I told you the field bet was plus five and a half to one. That would have been a nice juicy five hundred and fifty dollars off a hundred bucks for you. Well, yeah, I don't know if I'd have thrown a hundred dollars for him to be the first back <laughs> off the board. <laughs> it's nice to dream, just like it's nice yeah. to you know think about you know picking up extra selections and and moving down a few. So it's always nice to think about, even though that dream uh, is now been uh, been smashed. All right, hey Dan, but uh, it was great to talk about. Thanks for staying up late and, and talking about the first round and hey we've got six more to go so it's going to be a, a fantastic weekend congratulations on winning our our uh, our poker game that we were playing before the draft and then during the draft you took it down and you took the bracelet for the uh for the first round so uh congratulations on that thanks for joining us i appreciate that the only thing that would be better is if i lost to you because i mean it's your <laughs> idea so next time next time well, I was close if, uh, close. if my queens would have held up to a, a king nine all in, it would have been heads up with you and I. So uh, one of these times, that's going to happen. Yep. We'll see how it Let's uh, just put unfolds. it this way. You're a, you're a heck of a player. Heck of a poker player. You know when to hold them, and most times you know when to fold them. All right, gambler. Kenny Rogers, <laughs> Dan Leach, uh, thanks for your time. We'll talk with you again very soon. Love you, buddy. All right, take care, Dan. There he is, Dan Leach. Joining me here on podcast number four. If you're still listening out there, thanks, man. Thanks for listening. And, um, yeah, going into this draft, I'll be I'll be like you. I'll be sitting there taking it all in over the next uh, couple days. And then on uh, Sunday night, I'll be talking about the whole ball of wax to uh, roll out a, a Monday podcast which will be number five and then it's going to be uh post draft it's i have to find other things to talk about i'm going to find a lot of things to uh to talk about uh i got a lot of a lot of ideas coming your way all right that'll do it pod four dennis fithian good afternoon and talk with you next time right here (laughs) 